Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit ecoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at ecoegt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. We're going to begin reading in verse 1. I'm going to read down to verse 10, and we just might get through all 10 verses. You never know. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. It says, finally, dear brothers and sisters, we ask you to pray for us. Pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly and be honored wherever it goes, just as, it went, as when it came to you. Pray to that we will be rescued from wicked and evil people, for not everyone is a believer, but the Lord is faithful. <laughs> Aren't you thankful for the faithfulness of God? But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. We are confident in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we commanded you. May the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of the love of God and the patient endurance that comes from Christ. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from all believers who live idle lives and do not follow the tradition they receive from us. For you know that you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you. We never accepted food from anyone without paying for it. We worked hard day and night so we would not be a burden to any of you. We certainly had a right to ask you to feed us but we wanted to give you an example to follow. Even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Opportunity we have to, to study the word of God together. Open our hearts to receive. Give us ears that would hear God, give us eyes of understanding, I pray. God, give us insight. Lord, speak to us how we can apply this word to our life where we live this very day. We thank you for all your blessings. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. If I gave my thoughts a title tonight, it would simply be this, pray and work. Pray and work. Let's talk first of all about the call to prayer. The very first thing that Paul does as he opens this chapter is he gives a call out to these believers to pray. He says in verse 1, brothers and sisters, we ask you to pray for us. And then he begins to give some specific areas where he wanted them to pray. So the apostle is asking and evoking the prayers of the church. Prayer and the work of God go hand in hand. The work of God succeeds through prayer. Think about this, a rhetorical question. What does prayer do? Prayer does. Prayer secures the heart of God. When you pray, you touch the heart of God. 
God's looking for communion. God's looking for conversation. God's looking for that intimate personal relationship with his creation. Another thing prayer does is prayer brings alignment. Prayer aligns the one praying with the heart of God. See, it is in prayer. Prayer is not so much trying to twist the hand of God to convince God to work on your behalf. Prayer is really you coming in alignment with what God is doing. You coming in alignment with the will of God. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed would be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's about you and I coming into alignment with the will of God in a particular situation. So prayer, prayer is so, prayer secures the heart of God because we're connecting with God through communication and prayer. But prayer brings alignment. Prayer aligns the one praying with the very heart of God. Prayer aligns the one praying with the mission and vision set before them. With the mission and the vision that is set before them. You know what other thing prayer does? Prayer binds people together. Prayer binds people together. Sometimes prayer reveals things. Sometimes prayer reveals things that are not pretty. Sometimes prayer reveals things, but it is in that community and that relationship that you're able to bring alignment to those things and correction of those things. And if we all submit to spiritual authority in our life, then we bind together, amen? So if we're willing to pray together, you can work together. I believe that. If we're willing to pray together, we can work together. If you're willing to pray together, you can walk together. Because remember, prayer is coming into alignment. And, and what prayer does, it helps us come into alignment with the will of God for our life. And if I would ask you what you want to do, most of all, 99% of us would all say, I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to come into alignment with the will of God. So prayer helps us, helps us to walk together because we're coming into alignment with the will of God for our life. If we're willing to pray together, you can accomplish things together. Yeah. One of the greatest weapons that we have as a body of believers is prayer. Prayer changes things. It's not just a slogan that goes on a bumper sticker. Prayer changes Things. Prayer changes, changes atmosphere. Prayer changes people's attitude. Prayer changes circumstances. Church, one of the greatest weapons that you and I have at our disposal is to go into our prayer closets and to pray and to do battle on our needs, so to speak. The old timers of the church used to call it hanging on to the horns of the altar. And that was just symbolic of, of, of getting a hold of a, of a need, getting a hold of a situation, and praying through. How many ever heard that term, pray through? Yeah. To pray through is to, is to pray until you get victory, to pray until you feel peace, to pray until that burden is lifted and you know that you've entered into the holy of holiness. See, I think it's time the church gets back to learning how 
to pray through about some things. See, we so often are just comfortable with the patty cake prayers. We're so comfortable with the simple prayers. We're so comfortable with the bedtime prayers, if you would. But we've got to get back to that place where we learn to pray and intercede and we get a hold of the horns of the altar and we pray through some situations. I believe victory will come in our hearts, our lives, and our family, and our churches, and our communities because Jesus said, some goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Prayer. Jesus gave us the best model of how to pray. Often he withdrew himself from the crowds. Often he would go up into the mountains to pray. The victory was not won on the cross. The victory was won in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, not my will, but thy will be done. The cross was the, was the display of the obedience of the Son of God. He won the victory in Gethsemane. Get, I can say it, Gethsemane. He won the victory. And the, the victory was displayed on the third day when he walked out of that tomb. <laughs> can somebody give him praise? Amen. Prayer. Prayer binds people together. Prayer is a continual theme in First and Second Thessalonians. On several occasions, Paul stated he was praying for them, and then he would ask the Thessalonians to pray for him. Go back to First Thessalonians chapter three. Look at verse nine and ten. Paul says, "How we thank God for you, because of, of you we have great joy as we enter God's presence. Night and day we pray earnestly for you." Paul says, I pray for you night and day, asking God to let us see you again, to fill the gaps in your faith. And then in chapter 5, verse 17, he told the Thessalonians, never stop praying. I think the King James puts it this way, pray without ceasing. Never stop praying, cultivating a lifestyle of prayer. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. So you see, this thing of prayer was a constant theme that Paul was bringing up to the Thessalonian believers. And now the opening verse of chapter 3, Paul is asking these believers to pray for him, pray for his team. Never think so high of yourself or your ministry that you cannot ask others to pray for you. Never think so high of yourself or your ministry or your title or your position that you think you don't need other people praying for you. We need to be willing to ask people to pray for us. Now, what were they to pray for? Paul was very specific. Look at, look at verse, uh, verse one. Now, let me give you an important note before we, this was a targeted prayer, a specific prayer for the current situation. He says, pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly. Pray the Lord's message will be honored wherever it goes, just as it was when it came to you. Pray too that that we will be rescued from wicked and evil people, for not everyone is a believer. 
So notice what he asked them to pray for. The Lord's message will spread rapidly. The New King James Version translates the verse as that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you. So notice the picture that is painted with the word running. The word running. Paul says, pray the word of God will run swiftly. A similar thought was found in the Psalms. Psalm 147, verse 15. He sends his orders to the world. How swiftly his word lies. So the prayer is that the word will go forth speedily and without hindrance. Pray that the word will run swiftly, go speedily. Pray that the word, the message of the gospel, will not be hindered in any way. Church, we should be praying that the word of God runs swiftly. We should be praying for our community that the word of God, the gospel, is spread quickly. Why quickly? Because, because we believe in the imminent return of Christ. We believe that Christ can return at any moment. We're ready. So may the word run swiftly. There's a people that still need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are a part of that. And a part of the word running swiftly is your prayers. Your prayers propagate. Your prayers make avenue for the word of God to run swiftly. God has tied himself to you, so to speak, in the fact that he has invited you into partnership to pray. The word of God would not be hindered. There are many things that hinder the word. Sin, pride. There are many things that hinder the word. Uh, the, The God of this world, the little g of this world, has blinded the heart and mind of unbelievers, so that the glorious gospel, the light of the glorious gospel should not shine in. So we, we realize we're in a spiritual battle. So prayer, prayer is important because prayer helps remove the hindrances that the enemy would try to prop up in the spiritual realm. Your prayer is important. Paul says to the Thessalonians, pray that the Lord's message will spread Rapidly, And the picture is painted as the word running, runs swiftly. It's a prayer for the progress of the mission, the kingdom of God, the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And possibly the reason for this prayer is because of the belief in the uncertainty of the time. In church, we are always to pray and to work as if our time is limited. This speaks to me of the urgency of the gospel of Christ. The urgency that we pray, intercede, that the word of God would not be hindered. The word of God will fall upon receptive hearts. And then he says, pray this way, pray that the Lord's message will be honored. Paul is balancing the idea of the rapid spread of the word of the Lord with its successful communication since an act of honoring or extolling the word of God refers to the acceptance of it. Pray that those, as the word is being spread rapidly, the word is honored, that the word is accepted. In the original, the word means pertaining to being respected on the basis of proven worth, respected or honored. 
In this context, it indicates the response Paul desired from those who would hear the rapidly spreading gospel. And he asked the church to pray that the hearers would respect the gospel. Similar terms describe the response of the Gentiles in Antioch who heard the gospel that was presented to them. They were glad and honored the word of the Lord and all who were appointed for eternal life believed, Acts 13, 49. If the gospel is respected, it will be affected. If the gospel is respected, it will be effective. See, when we respect the word of God, we, we receive that word, we give it proper respect. Listen, the word will be effective. We need to pray that the word will be honored among us. We need to pray that in our society, the word of God will be respected. Because when the word of God is respected, there it will be received and the effect of the gospel will take place. See, we can't take a back seat, church, and just let the spiritual powers of wickedness and principalities to rule the day. We gotta take our rightful place as soldiers in the army of God, as intercessors, as prayer warriors, and we gotta pray that the word will spread rapidly, but not only rapidly, but it will be accepted and honored when it's presented. A nation that holds to the word of God is imperative. A people that honors the word of God, the power of God will be affected in their life. So Paul's prayer is this. Listen, pray the word will spread rapidly and then, but not just rapidly, pray that it will find good soil. It'll be honored. Pray also that we will be rescued. Paul's very honest. He says, listen, there's some evil people. And not everybody are believers. The evil people Paul is referring to are those who oppose the truth, the word of the Lord. And Paul knew the viciousness of those who oppose the gospel. And he knew what lengths they were willing to go in order to stop the spread of the gospel. Because he himself once opposed the gospel of Christ vehemently in his own life. However, Paul knew the power of prayer and that God would rescue them. And church, we're living in perilous times. We're living where there are enemies of the gospel of Christ. It is, being, it is apparent in our culture today that there is a spiritual battle between light and darkness, between right and wrong, between righteousness and, and unrighteousness, between godliness and ungodliness. Don't get me wrong. It's not different sects of people. It's just being manifested in the physical realm. We recognize that we're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and wickedness in high places. But hear me, the church must arise and pray and believe and intercede that the gospel spread rapidly and that the, and that the word will find a place where it's not opposed but it's honored. We need to pray that God will deliver, rescue us from the evil around us. I love 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 and verse 11. Paul is being honest and open and transparent. He says, we were in a situation, we thought we were gonna die. 
We thought that was it. It's almost like he's about to sign his farewell card. He did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again. Oh, I like that. He did rescue us. And guess what? My God is faithful. He's going to rescue us again. We placed our confidence in him. He will continue to rescue us. You are helping us by praying for us. Wow. That phrase right there has just really spoken to my heart the last few months. You are helping us by praying for us. Paul understood that God, the power of prayer, so he's asking the Thessalonians, listen, pray that the word of God will spread rapidly. Pray that the word of God will be respected and be honored. And pray, listen, not everybody out there likes this gospel. There are some evil people out there. Pray that God will rescue us from the evil that's around us. Because see, Paul's talking through experience. Paul knows God has already rescued him on many occasions. And now Paul is saying, listen, you pray, you believe, you watch. And as you pray, you'll watch God work and move. Huh. Now Paul makes a powerful statement about God. A powerful statement for each of us to always remember. Look at verse 3. God is faithful. Woo. God is faithful. How many know God's faithful? How many are thankful for the faithfulness of God? How many are thankful for what God's done in your life? His past faithfulness gives you courage to believe for today. Amen? <laughs> Anytime you find yourself discouraged, just, just contemplate and remember what he did for you yesterday. Just listen, when you feel like you can't make it anymore, when you feel like you've gone as far as you can, just take a little trip down memory lane and remember what God's done in your life. Remember what God's brought you from. Remember how good he's already been because it will give you the courage to keep on believing in the goodness and faithfulness of God. I'm here tonight to remind you God is faithful. Let me say it again. I'm here to remind you God is faithful. He was faithful yesterday. He's faithful today. And if you keep living, you'll find him to be faithful tomorrow. God is not a man that he should lie. There is, there is no veritableness nor shadow of turning with him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I declare to you, God is faithful. Take it to the bank. Build your life upon it. God is faithful. Let man lie. Let man disappoint you. But hear me. God is faithful. People may let you down, but it doesn't change the fact. God is faithful. Somebody give him praise. Wow. We need to remind ourselves. We need to encourage ourselves. Your God is faithful. Now, I don't have to remind you that these believers, these are new converts in the Thessalonian church. They were birthed in the fire of persecution. They were birthed in the fire of, of trial and persecution. And Paul says, listen, pray for us. Pray that the word will run, run quickly, rapidly. Pray that the world be honored, respected among those who hear it. 
Paul understood the power of prayer. Pray that God will rescue us. Then he's reminding them, listen. Yes, we're surrounded by evil. Yes, we're surrounded by darkness. Yes, we're surrounded by those who oppose the gospel. But hear me, your God is faithful. Your God is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. Even though the Thessalonians were surrounded by evil and evil intentions, the apostle wanted the new disciples to remember something very important. God is faithful. The Holman commentary writes this, people may prove fickle, even deceitful, but the Lord is faithful. Paul often used contrast to make his point and drive home the truth more forcefully. Just as he contrasted Jesus and the Antichrist, here he contrasts faithless men with the faithful Lord. Did you get that? He contrasts Jesus with the Antichrist. Now he's contrasting faithless men with the faithful Lord. Whatever humans can hurl against the Christian, God always triumphs because he is faithful and unrelenting in his purposes. He's made a covenant between himself and mankind and sealed it with the blood of Jesus Christ. God remains trustworthy and dependable in his covenant relationships. And Paul says he will strengthen you and he will guard you. His faithfulness guarantees that our suffering has meaning. His faithfulness guarantees that our persecutors will reap their just reward and our future is secure in him. So whatever you're going through tonight, whatever you're facing, remember the faithfulness of God. It means that what you're going through has meaning to it. It's not vanities upon vanities. It's not all just meaninglessness. No, there's purpose. God's working his good pleasure in your life. The enemy may be trying to discourage you. The enemy may be trying to defeat you, but God's gonna cause it to work in your favor. <laughs> God's gonna shift. God's gonna turn it. God's gonna shake some things. And when God shakes some things, it always comes out to your favor. Can somebody give God praise? Now, let's talk about what Paul says. Now, notice in verse 4, Paul says, And we are confident in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we commanded you. Let's talk about obedience. We talked about praying, the importance of praying. The word of God will spread rapidly. The importance that the word of God will, will, will be honored, respected, received. Praying that, that they'll uh, be delivered from the evil that is around them. And then he makes that positive confession, God is faithful. And now he says, listen, you have responsibility. Your responsibility is obedience. Yeah. We are confident in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we commanded you. Verse 5, may the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of the love of God and the patient endurance that comes from Christ. So Paul reaffirms his belief that they're walking in obedience and will continue to walk in obedience. Now this is important because notice what obedience does. Obedience leads to a full understanding of the love of God. 
It's right there. It leads to a full understanding of the love of God. It's the principle of what Jesus taught in Mark chapter four. Mark's gospel, chapter four, verse 24. Jesus added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. You will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. So the principle applied to this situation is the more you walk in obedience to God's word, the more understanding of the love of God you'll receive and walk in. So church, it takes walking it out. And as we walk out our faith, church, it's the old, the old chorus we used to sing in the 70s. I keep falling in love with him over and over again, over and over again. Oh, I feel like singing. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. He gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Oh, what a love between my Lord and I. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. How many remember that old song? Amen. <laughs> as you walk it out in obedience, your understanding of God's love becomes more and more. And it leads to an expression of the love of God. Obedience leads to the expression of the love of God. Other words, you begin to, to, to experience God's love, and as you're walking it out, you begin to express God's love. You know, I, I preached Sunday in Living Water Fellowship, and I preached on John chapter 1, and John chapter 1 verse 16 says, we have received from him one blessing after another. <laughs> we beheld him uh, as, as of the, his glory, as the glory of the only begotten of the Father. You know, and, and, and as you study that verse, it's, it's, it's like grace upon grace, blessing upon, upon blessing. And as you're living that grace out, just as you feel like as you're giving that grace out, then God supplies you with more grace. And as you live that grace out, he supplies you with more grace. See, see that as you listen, then you get even more understanding. And as you practice that understanding and you listen, you get even more. And that's what Paul was praying for them. He says, listen, walk in obedience. I'm sure you're doing it because we gave you the command to. Your obedience leads to the love of God, and it leads to the patient endurance that comes from Christ. Obedience builds something in the one obeying. Obedience builds something in the one who is obeying. Patient endurance. The ability to endure pressure. As you walk in obedience, the Holy Spirit is developing something in you. Patient endurance. The source of that patient endurance is Christ himself. <laughs> in Christ, we live, we move, we have our being. Amen? I said we was going to get to verse 10, but we're not going to do it tonight. Can we stand together? Can we lift our hands toward heaven and just give God thanks? 
Can we do that? Don't you just love Jesus? Can you thank him for the faithfulness? Can you thank him that he's good? And can we just for a few moments enter into a, to just an intercession, just pray right now. Father, we pray. We pray that the gospel of Christ will go forth unhindered. We pray that the word of God will run speedily. We pray that the word of God, Lord, will be accepted. We pray the word of God will be, will be honored. We pray, God, that the word of God will be respected in our, in our culture, in our society, in our world. Lord, we are in a, 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 a cultural warfare. We are in a spiritual battle. And Lord, tonight we pray, we intercede. And Lord, we pray that the word will just run swiftly. And God, we, we, Father, pray that, 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 that hearts would be open, God. And Lord, I believe that, that, that though we are living in perilous times, we're also living in a time of great opportunity. Great opportunity for the church. Great opportunity, Lord, for the preaching and propagation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're living in the day where we can spread this gospel to the ends of the earth, God. They are living in the day, God, where everybody can hear the word, the name of Jesus. Lord, help us. Help us, God, to be faithful to you. To be faithful to our calling, God. And Lord, we pray, we pray, God, that you would, you would rescue us, God. Rescue us from the, the evil around us. Rescue us, God, from those who have, who have bad intentions, God. Intentions to harm, intentions to do wrong, God. Guard us, Father, so that we, Father, can do your work in the center of your will. We declare you are faithful. You are faithful.